woman wouldn't notice that the appointment was, in fact, for her father, Lindsay Tennant. And your name? Miss Tennant. Lippy watched as the receptionist typed in the details and saw that her eyes narrowed just a fraction as she looked at the computer screen. One moment, please. She picked up the phone and relayed the information. I have a Miss Tennant here. She says that she has an appointment with Mr. Sverev. There was a moment's pause, and then she looked at Libby. Your first name? Libby, she said. But then, realizing that given the way the security was in this place, she was likely to be asked for official ID, she amended. Short for Elizabeth. Libby tried to appear calm and avoided curling a stray strand of her blonde hair around her finger or tapping her feet, as she did not want to appear nervous. She was nervous, though. Well, not so much nervous, more uncomfortable that she'd agreed to do this. Maybe she wouldn't have to, because the receptionist shook her head as she replaced the phone. Mr. Sverev cannot see you. Excuse me? Libby blinked, not only at the refusal, but that it came with no apology or explanation. What do you mean? I have... Mr. Sverev only sees people by strict appointment, and, Miss Tennant, you do not have one. But I do. The receptionist shook her head. It is a Mr. Lindsay Tennant who has a 6pm appointment. If he was unable to make it, then he should have called ahead to see if sending a replacement was suitable. Mr. Sverev doesn't just see anyone. Libby knew when she was beaten. She had rather hoped they might not notice the discrepancy, as most places wouldn't. She was almost tempted to apologize for the confusion and leave, but her father had broken down in tears when he'd asked her to do this for him. Knowing just how much was riding on this meeting, she forced herself to stand her ground. She pulled herself as tall as her petite five-foot-three frame would allow and looked the receptionist squarely in the eye. My father was involved in a car accident earlier today, which is the reason that he couldn't make it and sent me as a replacement. Now, can you please let Mr. Sverev know that I'm here and ready to meet with him? He knows very well the reason for my visit, or perhaps you'd like me to clarify that here. The receptionist glanced at whoever was standing behind Libby, and then to the left of her. Clearly, Libby had a small audience. The receptionist must have decided that the foyer wasn't the place to discuss the great man's business, because she gave a tight shrug. One moment. Another phone call was made, though out of Libby's earshot, and eventually the immaculate woman returned and gave Libby a visitor's pass. Finally, she was permitted past the guarded barrier that existed around Daniel Sverev. The elevator door was held open for her, and she stepped in. Even the elevator was luxurious. The carpet was thick beneath her feet. There was no piped music, just cool air and subdued lighting, which was very welcome on a hot summer evening after a mad dash across London to get here. She should never have let her father talk her into this, she thought. In fact, she hadn't. When Libby had said yes to trying to persuade this man to come along to his parents' 40th wedding anniversary celebration, it had been a Daniel Thomas she'd expected to be meeting. But just as she'd been about to leave, her father had called her back. Oh, there's something I forgot to tell you. Her father, who'd been begging Libby to the point of tears, had then looked a touch uncomfortable and evasive. He goes under a different name now. Sorry? Libby had had no idea what he was talking about. Or rather, it would seem that Daniel Thomas has recently reverted to his real name, Daniel Sverev.
he was adopted. Well, if he's gone back to his birth name, clearly there's a serious rift. I'm not going to interfere. Libby, please, her father begged. All Sverev has to do is show up and make a speech. A speech? The list of demands for Daniel had again increased. Show up, dance with aunts, be sociable, and now she had to ask him to make a speech. No, Libby was not comfortable with this at all. She lived in her own dreamy bubble, where the role of negotiator didn't exist. She was very forthright, in that she had an expressive face and a tendency to say what she was thinking. She also, to her parents' disquiet, had always refused to quietly toe the line. You never said anything about him having to make a speech. Can you just talk to him for me, Libby? Please. Why the hell had she said yes? Of course, she'd looked Daniel up on her taxi ride here. Her father had